0: what What up fam welcome back so this week we're bringing the second part of the john john interview we forgot to tell like we didn't forget or we did forget actually we just had a lot going on this week you know i know so last episode we said we're gonna mix them together that was actually false news. Sorry. <laughs> um, so We it, just decided um, it was a little tad long, which some people can rock with, you know, our 40-minute podcast episode. But some of us, you know, it's well, I, a yeah. lot. Some people don't. Some people don't. So we decided we're going to break it up into three different parts. And so this week will be part two, and we will have one more week that will be the last and final And then part. I promise you guys there will be... <laughs> I guess like for at least probably two weeks but yep so enjoy part two okay bye so we ran out of time on the last recording so i'll let john john finish his thoughts Yes, you guys. So I was basically explaining that I'm very intentional or people, I would like to see that people will be more
1: intentional with all the decision making because you should be aware of every decision that you make on a day-to-day basis, ranging from business to um, personal relations, which is most important, to be honest, to, to, to spiritual um, connections, to um, being the best version of yourself on a daily basis. Um, be very intentional with everything that you, I'm very intentional with everything that I ever do because if I'm not intentional with anything that I ever do, then I'm just going to be floating around like a... A fly in the wind or whatever it may be mm-hmm. and that's what I don't want to do I want to end up, I want to be in a position that's end up in a position that I worked for and a pace that I want to be um, mm-hmm. so yeah
0: yeah and I think at least for me a lot of us live distracted lives literally distracted social media you do all this other stuff and it's like what are you really doing it for you just feel like you're a hamster on a wheel just doing stuff but if you're intentional about it I think life even becomes even more joyful and full of meaning and easier and, Yeah and easier you know, Because you know
1: What direction You want to go into You know what direction And how fast You want to go there I always like to say The quote of If you want to go fast Go alone But if you want to go mm-hmm. far Go together mm-hmm. Which is it with an individual That you care about Or just with people That, that you know That they have their Best interest in it With you um, Because of the person That you are
0: mm-hmm. True So I see sometimes You post about Your Olympic training Tell us how that's going and what you've learned so far in your in your trainings
1: yes what i've learned about olympic weightlifting it's very uh, cool because a lot of times it doesn't feel like working out it's very fun and with that being noted it's a very good segue because and with the olympic weightlifting you have to be very intentional with Every decision, every like fiber of your muscles, you have to be very intentional with where the bar is going to be landing, to how hard you're going to be pulling off the floor. You have to be very in tuned with you know movement mechanics whenever you're doing Olympic weightlifting. So what I learned from Olympic weightlifting is a multitude of things, but the first thing I think would have to say that I had pulled away from Olympic weightlifting this far as of two years doing it is the attention to detail and the intentions of everything that I do in regards to the training methodology and how that directly reflects into my life. Um, Olympic weightlifting is for me. It's extremely fun. I'm not even joking. It's very fun. It can be very hard because the drop sets that I have to do. So there's sometimes I gotta go sixty percent, 65%, 70%, sixty five, seventy, seventy five, and go all the way back down wow. and do everything for five reps and just progressing <laughs> up and making sure that no matter how tired I get, um, I'm very intentional with the lockouts, the pullings, whatever it may be. Um, but Olympic weightlifting is something that I'm really into because it's. I've always wanted to uh, do olympic weightlifting or go to the olympics because it is the biggest platform for sporting events in the entire world i just wasn't aware that you know it was possible i didn't know that it was something that Somebody from a mockery could do Or whatever Maybe I didn't know that it was possible I didn't know that If you, there, there, there's a process That you have to follow And the consistency of just working out You know, I've always worked that My entire life It's like, okay Well, let's direct this Into something that's going to be Very meaningful I did compete On a powerlifting um, National stage um, So I know what National competitions are like But I did it in powerlifting Which is very easy I mean, honestly It's an easy training methodology All you have to do Is lift something up From point A to point B As fast as you can To a certain degree With as much power and control And I did it a lot I did it in Las Vegas In front of thousands of people Like I know what that is And I did it all I did it all throughout high school But In regards to Olympic weightlifting Heck no It's way more harder (laughs) Way more complicated It's Very intentional So much more muscle Different development It's 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 almost bringing – you're always learning something new with Olympic weightlifting and CrossFit Um, because I not only want to make it to the Olympics one day, I do want to make it to the CrossFit Games uh, and be not only a competitor but a dominator and somebody who wins it. Um, And I believe by the time 2022 comes, February of 2022, I will be competing um, in Wadapalooza, top-level athletes, and I will will make it to the Games in 2022 in 2024 2025 depending on what the outcome uh from this year because they ended up having to move the olympics in 2021 um not 2020 due to COVID-19 because it got canceled the biggest sporting stage in the world got canceled um I don't know if it's going to be three years or four year wait um, whether it comes back in 2024 or 2025 I don't know but I am planning to sh- I should be in a position where I should be able to at least qualify for the Pan Am American team and inter- and compete on national levels um, by the time twenty twenty four comes. But I do want to make it to the Olympics in Korea in twenty twenty four. Wait, it's
0: gonna be in Korea? I mean, oh in Korea. my god! It's gonna be in Korea. <laughs> How much is it to go? It's expensive, isn't it?
1: Um, yes, kind of. But that's why you join a team. I mean, my team that I'm on now is Catalyst Athletics. Um, they have training Warwick through an app. Um, they, I have my own coach, um, training platforms, whatever it may be, um, mm-hmm. all this other stuff. But it is yes, it can be expensive. That's why you go and you get sponsored, and you go for the experience. People pay for it. And there's there's ways around. It. There's business ways around it, and you just gotta perform good i guess you know but it's just it's funny but it is it is a long process um you know most people it's like oh you do one com- competition and then you like you make it right no nope. you got like a year and a half of qualification processes wow. through points and you got to compete in like x amount of competitions there's some you have to win or whatever it may be like so it's, it's a very competitive regime because like i said olympics is a platform where they're trying to find the fittest in the world in that specific sport not like crossfit where crossfit trying to CrossFit Games is trying to crown the fittest person in the world. No, like, they're trying to specialize in, like, whatever it is. Like, if you go play, I don't know, like, swimming, you're going to be the best swimmer in the world. You're the best swimmer in the entire world. Well, I want to be the best weightlifter in the entire world. Even if it doesn't come in truth, uh, doesn't come to fruition, I, I wanted to make it a reality. To-, to at least be there, to be able to get that tattoo on my arm <laughs> with the Olympic rings. Because, like I said, it is a goal. And it's something I'm striving for on a daily basis. Even through any kind of injuries. Even the injuries that I'm going through now. It's, I think uh, over a, I think a month or two month period of me kind of going through everything that I'm going through via my stomach with with, with inflamed intestine and some poor muscle in my abdominal. I'm still getting my training in. Um, I'm not getting it in every day due to the you know aches and pains. But I got I think I've got like fifteen to twenty five sessions in, which is pretty okay. Um, am I lifting as heavy? No. Am I going as fast? No that I get faster that I've realized yes in regards to all my turnovers and snatch and the power the power cleans to the squat cleans to the clean and jerk to the behind the neck presses all that stuff I noticed that I'm getting more explosive it's just a matter of mitigating the pains and make sure I'm adjusting accordingly and not overtraining because that that has been a problem in the past and my mom always tells me when I'm about to go off the train that don't be careful well be careful don't go train too hard because she knows <laughs> I can be that but Olympic thing. For me, it's amazing. It's fun. I wish I got exposed to it a little earlier because when, I, when I, remember, I remember when I went into high school. I think Dosa, I think I told you this. I went into high school, 115 pounds, and I left high school at 185 pounds. So I gained 75 80. pounds in high school for four years. And... I was bench pressing my freshman year, two hundred and fifteen pounds. I left high school doing three hundred and eighty-five pounds, wow. and only weighing 172 hundred and like seventy-two pounds, I think. I, I think I, I blew up to one eighty-five because I was a little gordito my senior year. <laughs> like I was kind of a little fat boy. I was kind of eating not bad, but I was just putting on sides So all I was doing was lifting heavy. Um, and then I, I I remember I first ever squatted my eighth grade year in high eighth grade year in middle school. Um, I was able to squat 295 pounds and I left high school doing 565 pounds. And I didn't really do too much deadlifts but I did my highest PR personal record was six hundred and five pounds in my junior year. Oh my year.
0: gosh.
1: Junior, like sophomore summer, but going into my junior year I did six hundred and five pounds. So I've always had the athletic ability, I've always had the strength component. It was just a matter of adding in the coordination and adding in being like I said, you don't know what you you don't know what you want something until you're exposed to it. And I was never really exposed to the Olympic weight thing and you know crossfit games and crossfit training and stuff like that because if I did um, there's a good chance that I wouldn't have played football and I wouldn't have went to a monthly high school I'd have went to like LaBelle or some other school um, to do weightlifting and stuff like that and just create a brand around that and by the time you know it part of my senior year in high school I would, I would have already been qualifying for the crossfit games whatever it may be because how my athletic ability I was already running a 530 mile in high school 545 mile like it was ridiculous of a, I was pushing cars to, to stop signs, <laughs> oh, trucks, 15-ton oh trucks like to to, car, to to like a mile and a half, you know, like, or I was pushing them to like a half a mile and doing it as fast as I could, you know, so like I said, it's just, it's enjoyable because it keeps me to be the athlete that I know I can be because I am still young, I'm still, I haven't even hit my prime yet, I know I, I'm only 22 years old, you don't hit your prime until like you're 28, 32 mm-hmm. years old, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what your athletic ability is or depending on what your sport is, but it's fun it's a lot of lessons that I pull from it every day I'm learning something new about myself whether it be physical even mentally because I know I'm a very emotional individual I think those I think you realize about me I mm-hmm. don't know I'm very emotional um, and I do process emotions pretty slow so I take my time with things and if anything if a little lifting above everything everything else has taught me go slow because <laughs> it's it's you you it's not something you're gonna oh a bench press you know oh I went up Thirty pounds on my bench press in a month and a half like no you're gonna go up five pounds (laughs) Mm. two pounds five pounds on the lifting because it's so much mechanical movement and balance and coordination but like i said it's cool
0: do sometimes have you ever hit a point where you just reach a plateau like i'm stuck i am not moving up
1: i've hit it um not recent and i mean a couple years i haven't hit a plateau in a while just because i haven't been my training um hasn't been that consistent But I probably only hit a plateau once my entire life, and that was with my squat. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think the reason why I was doing it is because I was only 165, 172 pounds, squatting 560 pounds, 565 pounds. Mm -hmm. So I think at that body weight, I reached my limit. Um, So I wouldn't say it was a muscular plateau or or what. I wouldn't say it was a muscular plateau in regards. If I just gained weight, I was gonna go up. Yes, mm-hmm. I know that. But at that weight and what my body was physically capable of, I reached my plateau. So mm-hmm. I think on an extreme standpoint, yes, I have. But as of recent, no. Like I, I don't think any ever in my life that I've ever reached a plateau because I just stopped going up in weight, and because you know I needed to change the training methodology or the training was going bad. Like no, it was just boy you're too damn strong for your body weight you better gain some weight help these joints (laughs) you know but um and when i did though um hit that plateau um that is the thing i did do i didn't dwell on it i just kind of all right gotta gain some weight john like you know you're you're you're, it's not like you're lifting a little bit of weight here buddy like you know i was spending almost an hour hour and a half squatting just because you know the progressions that I needed to hit um, to get to the five hundred and five pound, five hundred and fifteen pound squat for reps. You know for my work set. And excuse me. <laughs> oh my god. I like I like and not, whatever. I know wasn't I know what that was. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I did. I've had I've hit a plateau once in my life, but it was an, on an extreme level.
0: That that's good that I think you also didn't get stuck there, and you realize okay, this is mm-hmm. this this is why it's happening. You yeah, didn't I, blame yourself. I
1: addressed the problem. I didn't dwell on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, which, okay, so that reminds me, so I think we can get stuck with dwelling on on things, oh my gosh, I, forget that point, I'm not going to go to that point, so the other thing I wanted to say was, um, I feel, okay, so do you feel like if, with your training, you have to, like, how do you track your progress, or how do you know if you're improving, Yeah. Talk um, to to us about that
1: process. It's, um, okay, for me it's a little different because with tracking my progress, it's either through numbers and weight change, right? Like whether I'm getting stronger or I'm getting weaker to a certain degree. Or not only that, but it's a matter of like, okay, John, it's hard to get into overhead position because Mm -hmm. I... Mind you, my training isn't stereotypical. It's not the bodybuilding stuff, it's not the curls, it's not the, you know, tricep extensions and the and the, you know, the bench press. Like I don't Mm -hmm. do that stuff just because I know if I do a lot of that stuff, it's gonna directly hinder my Olympic weightlifting progress. So what I gauge out is movement mechanic movement pattern, right? Like if it's hard to me to hold something over my head, it's like why is that hard? Is my Mm -hmm. rotator cup bothering me? Is it because my rear delts are beat up and I just did all week and it's on a thursday and all week i've been doing overhead pressing or overhead stability work like what is it is Am my fatigue um so how i progress um how i manage my progress is through a couple of ways it's not only through weight training but it's through the um daily basis on a day-to-day basis of taking small wins and whatever endeavor that is because there's days where i mean i squat, even now i squat like 515 pounds mm-hmm. probably like three two three reps There's days I squat like three hundred and sixty-five pounds, and it feels like five hundred. And I'm Uh like, boy, you're not going up in weight. (laughs) Um, Just so I mean, how I track it, like I said, it's like I said already. Like it's depending on a day-to-day basis, and if I'm if I'm hitting PRs, if I'm hitting um, if I'm moving well in my transitions, and it's like, oh, okay, like I don't want to put the bar down because I'm out of breath. Like that is, and I'm speaking that on a CrossFit sense. Like how you how you manage fitness. Fitness is like if I'm doing a Metcon it's five rounds of a workout and I'm about to restart that round is whether my ability to be able to okay do I keep wanting to go or it's like oh my gosh I cannot breathe right now and I want to stop mm-hmm. like, and because so it hurts in transitions I manage it through that and like I said everything else that I just said before um, and what was the other part? I think that
0: was it I, I think, think that was that's the, that's the question right. that, that's a good answer okay Um. okay so if you walk into the gym the gym the gym first thing you see the big old selena flat. so why do you love her so much S- what's so great about her sell us on her no, no, <laughs> if see. you're not already sold which you probably are but no, if there's it. not a fan out there how would you make them i'm okay? about to put you <laughs> on
1: no munchies no um, but Selena's the queen you know she's the queen of Tejano. she's the queen in general you know she's she was just such an amazing woman and she was a woman that represented greatness like excellence on all facets of life she understood the difference between being a performer and who she had to be as a wife as a daughter you know she didn't let uh, or allow you know her job or her you know persona get in the way of her successes um or have it to be you know she gets lost in the fame or whatever it would be she was who she was mm-hmm. and like i said she was the queen she she was she was so beautiful. Oh my god. She's so beautiful. Like, ugh, if you ever just look her up, Selena Quintanilla. Selena yes, she the is Queen. Beautiful. Um and she was just so amazingly talented and everything that she did. So her ability to intermingle cultures um, was second she's second and none to it. Like she goes into, you know, um, she was in, right before she passed away in nineteen ninety five, um, she was about to go and do a tour in Japan and already go go into the American culture. Um, which was very hard at the time Being a, specifically a female Tijano artist Let alone a Mexican um, Trying to go into American culture And having all the successes that you know The jet of the world have now today um, She was going to normalize all that Especially for the Mexican culture itself um, So she was she, There were so many boundaries That she was already starting to create And, and fall and give empowerment to women around the world um, Because she was a form of excellency She was a form of she was a person who, you know, carried herself in a very high manner and still had that funny, goofy personality <laughs> with the beautiful smile, in which she carried herself with. And like I said, I, it's a healthy obsession with Selena, you know, um, because of what she represented. You know, she was the, one of the first individuals or she is the second individual, not the first because my first individual that I was a form of excellence, that's um, Hall of Famer type thing was my uncle Jay Sarata. Um He was he is a Hall of Fame t- um, Tijano artist. And then it's, then it's Selena um, And I didn't have the healthy obsession with Selena forever <laughs> It happened like last year Like um, October, September um, I just so so happened to, you know Put her on the gym There was a whole bunch of people around And I put on Disco Medity And she was singing in English and I was like, oh my god! Like I just, she's, she, she's so, she was just, she's just so amazing. And if you ever look her up, like if you want to listen to her English speaking or um, um singing mm-hmm. as well, um look up Disco Melody. Selena Keith Disco Melody. Um she, oh she she's so amazing. Oh my God. she comes out in the carriage what? with the horses. She she comes on oh, oh my god, and then she wears the purple dress. It's her. It was it was her last concert whenever she um sung that, you know. But
0: yeah she's wow. amazing i never heard of that to so listen yeah. to it and
1: i have all the cups i have like two i have a big old poster of her in the gym as soon as you walk in you see it mm-hmm. um i have a keychain which mm-hmm. i just got today as a, as a gift for my friends you didn't see, yeah. it. I didn't see sure. it it is dark <laughs> when she walked in it was dark so because the lights are off so i'll show sure her before she hits she heads out but i have the all the cups the keychain um, a big old poster in the gym, a couple of posters in my room, and it's crazy because like most girls will be like, oh, but it's Justin Bieber, right? Yeah. I'm with that, like with Selena, I'm <laughs> like what the heck, you know? And, and they just they, they just did a, a tribute to her. Um, I forgot the show, I forgot the show name, but they just they just did a tribute to her, like I think last night or like two days ago. Wow. Uh, I think like, I think it was like Thursday. They just did a tribute, all the you know famous, you know. um reggaetons, um, Latin pop stars are all singing her songs and just representing her, you know, for mm-hmm. what, all the excellence that she was you know, just kind of sad, they always say that um, Selena is like a um, a star in the sky very mm-hmm. short-lived but very bright mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm.
0: it's, still she, shining bright still
1: shining bright boo boo, her, her, <laughs> her music is timeless, like her um, Selena, um, Uncle J Surata and NF are the only artists that I can like listen to and just put on shuffle and just play like just mm-hmm. let play and, but selena, i even put selena in like her own genre because people over the cap genre you like i'm like selena and then, and then it's like you know um i don't know pop rock and like that you know, <laughs> is selena and everyone else you know but yeah it's just crazy you know it's cool
0: thanks so that's like no i think she is, is re, she was really authentic to herself because no one was doing what she was doing like you said and Nothing. it's like she was doing it and like this is what i'm doing and it, it worked
1: and it came so natural to her if you were to see her like my uncle Noel um, Liao, he was at her last concert, like, and no, he was he was at her last concert, and he even had a story with her, because um, he picked her up. He, she was friends with my uncle's girlfriend at the time's family, mm-hmm. and then um, so his girlfriend texted him, and then he had to go pick them up and Selena being there and Selena was like outside the Corvette that he had, which I seen the Corvette I'm like, Oh my God, this did you is where touch Selena it was? I was like, <laughs> I touched it. You know and then it's, like, it's like it's like um in uh Nemo. It's like he touched the butt. <laughs> he touched the butt. You know, Ew, oh my God. Anyway, yeah he, I even seen it and I seen the Corvette that she was in and everything and she was like crazy. She was like outside I'm like going crazy just right. all, all over the freaking road. Like, not over the road but she was like and she was happy. She was a free spirit and um like I said nobody was doing what she was doing and if you were to see her you know if you were really going looking into her you'll see how she, her, her performance changed and how mm-hmm. like she was growing and molding into the new version of herself getting her second voice mm-hmm. um as she was like growing like so that's so, why it's so sad to see her when she when she passed away it was so sad because of who she was and like you could just tell like how much more she had to offer and where she was headed, and they were just like, "Oh my gosh!" You think Jello's big? I, I got shots in Jello. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> J- J- Jello J- J- Jell- know it too. Mm-hmm. No punches, but it's okay.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine. I don't think the music scene would be what it is if she would have still, still been living. Heck no, it would have
1: been better, it would have been would've. so much better, because how much culture she was able to intervene, she was doing, she was doing what people are doing now, like, as of, like, last mm. year or two years ago, because mm. a lot of individuals, you've probably seen it, like, a lot of, like, Cardi B was going into um, um, Hispanic culture, uh, Drake was going, Drake has been into Hispanic culture, Akon went into it with Ozuna, mm-hmm. um, like, a lot of people, she was already doing that back in 1995, 1994, mm-hmm. and it's 2021 I mean 20,
0: 2020
1: <laughs> it's 2020 like what the heck I'm ready I'm ready for next year I'm ready for next year, y'all. Next year. For next year y'all. this year has been a tough one so you know what let's get ready for next year you know, already I'm ready for the dubs <laughs> think, you know. but yeah it's, it's just she's is nothing short of amazing and like I said you i put you on you know so, mm-hmm. look her up Sena and if you don't know her shame on you Ah. if you don't know now you know you, now you know so go check her out looking at her cup right now oh you
0: know? <laughs> He really is.
1: He's not even lying. <laughs> yeah, I agree, for real. But um, one thing that I do want to discuss once more was the topic of change. Um, for a lot of individuals, and I'll let say kind of like go, got that, go lead into yes, that. Yeah, okay. I really want to go into that.
0: Yeah. So I tried to segue into it, and I was like, "This, this doesn't feel natural." But so mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought it up. So I was telling John, John, yesterday, no, two days ago, I saw. Someone post about a book she was reading, or no, that she had read that someone recommended to her. And she's like, I just I recommend you guys read it, especially now during the times of the pandemic where there's so much change. And basically, the premise of the book is there's always going to be change no matter what. Like, We can try to be in our comfortable little bubble because we feel like this is easy. I'm going to be on autopilot. But there's always going to be some type of change in life. And it's how you react to that change that determines your success or your, or your failure. And so basically, the book is called Who Moved My Cheese? And it's a parable that basically talks about how there's four different responses to success, I mean, to success, well, to change that we can have whenever change happens. And so the parable starts with the two two mice. There's one, let me see if I remember the names, one cod. Sniff, and he's the the person that is always on the lookout for change. Like I know change is gonna come, I'm be on the lookout so that when it does happen, I'll be ready. The other one is Scurry, which he just reacts. So whenever change happens, he's moving. And then you have two humans, which are more complex than mice. And one of them is called Him, and he's the one who's like like most of us. I feel like have a little bit of him. Some of us have a lot of him. He's the one where he's like, I am like where I'm at, I'm comfortable here, I don't want to change. This is good, leave it as it is. And then there's this other one who is Hall, and he's basically also like, not really like the mice um, being proactive about change, but if it happens, he eventually like, oh my gosh, what am I doing, I need to change. Which I mm-hmm. feel like most of us also fall into that category. Mm-hmm. So basically what happens is, and the mice and the humans you know they go out they put on their running shoes and they go find this cheese which represents things that make you happy in life it could be whatever if you, it's your career if it's your relationships whatever that's your happy thing you go after it so what happens is the cheese is there for a long time and eventually the humans start getting complacent and they start not putting their shoes on anymore. They build houses close to the cheese and they're like, I'm just gonna make it as easy as possible to get to this cheese and I'm just gonna enjoy this cheese. And every day they expected the cheese to be there. Like, cheese has always been there. So one day, the cheese is no longer there. They ran out of cheese and the mice are like, well, there's no cheese. What's the, and then this going back to what John John was saying with, there's the logic and then there's emotional reaction with emotional intelligence. And so the minds are more like the logic, like the cheese ran out, what are we gonna do? We just go look for cheese elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But us as humans, we tend to overcomplicate things. And so the humans were like, where's my cheese? Who took my cheese? Like mm-hmm. my cheese should be here. I'm not moving until I get my cheese. Like entitlement. Yeah, entitlement basically. Like, like who just made life hard? Cause life's supposed to be easy for me. Mm-hmm. And so they basically just stay there. And one of them actually never leaves. And one of them, I think Ha is the one that actually says, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? The cheese is not coming. I'm just wasting my 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 time. And what's the worst that can happen? I know cheese is not going to come. So let me just look for more cheese. And that perspective is basically like, All right, I'm just going to look for an opportunity to find new cheese. And one of the quotes they say is, um, Take time to smell the cheese because... Before the cheese even ran out, the quality of the cheese was getting worse, but the humans were so busy like, oh my gosh, it's just here, I'm just going to eat it, that they didn't realize those things. So it's just a really good story about always being on the lookout for change and then when it does come, don't be paralyzed by it or be in your mind about, oh my gosh, why did this happen? It, It sucks. Just keep moving on and look for the next cheese. Look for the next opportunity and see it as that an opportunity for better because eventually what happens is they move on and they find a station with more cheese and it has a variety of cheeses versus the first time they had cheese it was just one single cheese. So change can be scary but it depends on how you look at it. You can either see it as something that's a detriment or a gateway into newer better bigger and better things i was remembering to have the faith when having remembering to have faith
1: whenever change does happen because change is can be scary especially when change happens when you're not aware of it like covid this year with covid19 this year with every single business and every single person that's in this world right now being affected by it um like my uncle that one of my, not my uncle my cousin that lives in texas um he owned a gym for about 12 years and it was it had to get shut down Um, he had to close his doors because business wasn't good but it was his inability to adjust to change over time that he knew that needed to happen before COVID even happened Uh, which was like you know having online business having the online training having the apparel just opening up other gateways of um, you know income that he knew he should have executed on, but never did because it was work and it was hard and it was change, and he was just so complacent all he had, all he wanted to do was just own a gym and you have to be ready you have to be ready for it you have to be ready for change because not a matter of if it was going to come it's, gonna, it's a matter of when it's going to come um, but yeah mm-hmm. it, al- it, al- it also comes down to emotional intelligence as well because you should be able to read um, the times you should be able to keep up with stuff and emotional intelligence is your direct ability to be able to make logical decisions or emotional decisions, whatever you know. The way that is, or whatever endeavor in life that is, you know, uh, one of my examples I like to give is that, um, and a couple is arguing at a Starbucks, right? A couple is arguing at a Starbucks, and the husband is, or the wife told the husband, "Oh, I feel like we're never here." You know, you feel like mm-hmm. you're never here, and the husband, that's an emotional response. So the husband then responds in a very logical way, saying, "What do you mean? I'm right here." That. Just, they're, they're, they're not connected you know mm-hmm. so emotional and, and, and if somebody's communicating with you in an emotional way you have to match that but so the husband should have said oh instead of saying um, oh I'm right here what do you mean he should have read that it was an emotional response from her saying and then responded with like Oh, like, it really hurts me that you think that. Why do you think that? Let's mm. communicate about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and like I said, that would have been a better segue instead of getting yelled at by your sitting the other. Yeah. Like, what do you mean I'm freaking right here? So whatever, <laughs> you know. But, like I said, it comes to emotional intelligence um, as well because emotional intelligence is, is a matter of, uh, like I said in the previous recording, a matter of self-awareness. Um, and it it would help with success, you know, and managing relationships and, you know, learning to be happy alone because you know how to manage your emotions mm-hmm. and, you know, you have better control over those emotions and your ability to execute with, you know, willpower and having the discipline to tell yourself no in times that you need to tell yourself no, which is willpower because self-love is um, the highest form of self-love is self-discipline and that is willpower to tell yourself no and you know, you gotta test the next day and you wanna go out and party. That's telling yourself, No, John, like I can't go out and party because you know you have a test in the morning. And then like not only that, but not allowing yourself to get too high or too low in any kind of given, you know, times in your life, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Oh, like I said, like I said the previous quote, my favorite my one of my favorite quotes is um aggression to the mean. Cause, which is no matter how how crazy life gets in regards to the good, or no matter, no matter how crazy life gets in regards to the bad, it's always going to go back to the middle. Um, so being able to adjust accordingly to any kind of change that happens in your life is imperative to uh, the forward progression of whatever success that you want to have in any, um, like I said, endeavor in your life. You know?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of times it's crazy how... Uh, Emotion overrides your logic. Oh It's so easy. It's Mm -hmm. like, I know, I know, like I shouldn't be thinking these thoughts, but it still happens and sometimes you, you see, um, feel yourself like, oh my God, I fell into the trap. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just being over here all negative and then it's like, snap out of it. Like you still have a choice to not choose to go that way. So overcome Mm -hmm. your emotion, control it or it will control you. And then,
1: I always tell individuals you want to think, you want to think then act you don't want to act you want to act then think it's yeah. like no like we're talking about like think process then act and then you always put yourself in a more logical state you know i like i like being in a logical state because if i'm in an emotional state especially in business or personal life whatever it be i'm not making my best decisions mm-hmm. if i'm not making my best decisions i'm not putting my best foot forward and that's what that's, that goes to show with anybody especially in relationships i mean you know this though. um not in regards to maybe personal relationship personal is like a sense but you know people that have you know broke up or always in arguments or are miserable because of their direct inability to be able to communicate appropriately Mm -hmm. you know because they don't know uh, they don't know you know how to control their emotions like i said they one of the pillars
0: yeah yeah and a lot of people end up hurting people because of how they feel based in emotions. it's
1: like i feel this way so i'm gonna make you feel that way
0: exactly and then and then you end up doing, like, it take, it's crazy how it takes so long to build trust, but in, like, one instant, you yeah. could just undo Shattered all that. It. Yeah.
1: You know? So And it also helps you manage, manage other people's emotions. And most of the time, it's one of those crazy, cool things because it helps you understand other individuals and through the body awareness and through the words in which they speak, you understand their intentions. Mm-hmm. If a person wants to talk about themselves, they're going to talk about themselves. You just let them listen and see what their intentions are. You know, I, I... I when I'm tend to be around individuals and we're talking about business or talking about ideas, all of a sudden, and, and a person all of a sudden just throws out numbers, like, oh, I'll give you X amount of money to help you out. I'm like, bro, like, calm down, like, relax. You know, I, I tend to call people like that. It's like, don't mean, don't say something you don't mean just mm-hmm. because you're happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to, like, really understand the definition of emotional intelligence, which is, like what I said in the, in the previous, um, you know, uh... Recording, mm-hmm. you know, and I also like to go and don't say you help me out with this as well Is that like, you know, even with emotional intelligence in regards to any decision making that you take into Regards to change regards to any kind of real hard, you know life, you know lessons, you know Honest and trust is one of those big things that you know can either Have a red flag or a green flag in whatever relationship that you make because you know You're going to school or you having personal relations or you're trying to go into a field that you need to be at mm-hmm. Like for example, you want to go into medicine and, uh, and hospital work, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you need to develop relationship mm-hmm. with do honest and trust with the the, the, the the I guess customers that are there, yeah. the, the patients that are there, mm-hmm. so that you can do your job in the most efficient way because they're not sometimes they're not gonna want you to touch them, they're not right. gonna want you to be because they don't know you and you're a stranger. Mm-hmm. So being able to mitigate those mitigate those relationships, mitigate your emotions, being able to like hold yourself accountable and hold yourself true is very important. Like for example, I know an individual that owns a business and. Um, there was one time that that individual had got uh, kind of not, not yelled at but talked too stern mm-hmm. and she, that individual wasn't um, used to that mm-hmm. and then she started that individual started like blowing off on a person you know uh-huh. blowing off and I was like what like what the hell you know and I ended up speaking to him I was like imagine if like for example you know my boss ended up coming you know someone's not even my boss but you know my uncle who is basically the owner not someone's owner but the owner of the building that I rent from him mm-hmm. imagine if he came in you know and imagine if he had you know like You know, yelled at you the way that person did. You know, Mm -hmm. and he was like, "Oh, I probably would have did the same thing anyway." And I'm like, "What? Like you're crazy?" You know, he's like, "You're not supposed to think that way. Just because you are certain, you are a certain way, isn't an excuse for you to continue to be that certain way. You have to be able to manage. You Mm -hmm. have have to be able to see it. Like, hey, these are flaws, and these are flaws. I need to." You know man, Manage Because they can become from Or stem from You know Traumas They can stem mm-hmm. from Relationship abuse They can come from a lot of things You know You don't know Sometimes individuals not even aware of the decisions That they're making And why they are bad um, But you being able to like Understand Even like on, on a managerial standpoint um, You know Being somebody like You know Chato Who owns a, Which of these are helpers Like Chato Jacob JP they, they, they all understand That they have to manage They have to manage Their own emotions um, And any kind of given You know segue of their life that they have to do especially business when they're managing other people's emotions and kind of direct them and influence them you know um so because you're a boss of a business you know you no matter the situation if you're in the setting or just in general i recommend life you know you should be able to code yourself as if you're in an interview no matter what and not be an opportunist to take advantage of like oh i'm going to be this certain way because this individual has the power to give me an opportunity but once i get the opportunity i'm going to be a certain way Mm -hmm. it's like no you don't be that way and yeah, like I said, you have to be able to look yourself in the mirror very, 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 very closely and tell yourself the thing that you necessarily don't want to hear, um, because, like I said, change is something that's not easy, and people are gonna fight you on it. People are gonna say no, like, and you know that you probably went through things in your life. They'll say that you know you didn't want to change, but you know you had to, and they had have those conversations, you had those probably late late nights that you know you probably cried a little bit just because you know it's tough, and life may be tough in the very of the mm-hmm. moment, but it's not it's not gonna be like that for the rest of your life, you know. But having that honest. Um, conversations, having those, building those trust and cultivating those relationships is very true, mm-hmm. you know, and also too, I mean, have you ever had to be assertive and confident, you know, in a way where it was kind of uncomfortable, like for example, assertive in a way where like for me, it's still uncomfortable for me to shout out, 30 minutes, we're
0: going to close down in 30 oh, minutes, yeah. it is so <laughs> uncomfortable, it is so uncomfortable. Oh, that's so mean. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, because I I just, like I like you like you don't wanna think the worst in people. Yeah. I don't wanna hurt people yeah, at all. So, so even uh, something something simple like you have something on your teeth like I don't wanna embarrass you until you, you have something in your yeah, teeth. Yeah, it's like mm. It's like, oh. Or like, or
1: like when even people come in the gym sometimes and I like sit them to the side and it's very uncomfortable. But I would rather someone tell me this. If I stink, <laughs> I want someone to tell yeah. me I stink. Like, don't let me just stink up the whole gym. And I'm like, I mean, the reason. Like, like, I'll go home real quick. Like, you know, I've had to have that conversation <laughs> with a few individuals. Like, hey, man, I'm sorry, bro. But... <laughs> Can you go home real quick? Like like it's like I don't I don't and I stay in the most politeful, yeah. nicest way possible because I know it's sensitive. It's not okay. Like especially if it's a girl, like yeah. I don't want a girl to feel bad so yeah. I like I like like even like little things like if I'm talking to you and I know I'm about to say something bad and if my hand goes over my heart, yeah, I'm about to say something to you that's like not gonna be necessarily comfortable maybe at least, and that's a reflection of me because it's not comfortable for me. Like, I'm not going to be comfortable <laughs> telling you this, but I'm going to tell you because I care about you. Yeah. Um, So I'd rather, like, so being assertive and confident, so like, that's a matter of emotional intelligence as well and being able to, like you know, decipher from specific decisions or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, Heck no, forget that. No, like, this is comfortable. I still do it twice this week. <laughs> twice this week, people said people. It was like ten thirty and about to close down. I'm like, uh, all right, I'm gonna cut the music off. Right, used like people know I'm about to. I will start cleaning up. Like, I didn't want. I didn't want to shout out that I'm, I'm already closed. You know. Yeah. So people end up. They end up starting to help me clean. They're oh. like, oh, John's clean. So it, it's kind of stuff like that tends to happen. And that's that's why it's a pretty good culture here at Louise's gym because it's like it's like what. Like, Alright, I, I I care about y'all. Yeah, I'll, I'll mess with y'all. That's dope. <laughs> that happened twice this week where people were just like, oh, is that, this music cut off and they seem to get the thing. They end up all starting, day, start putting stuff away, start cleaning, you know, so it's pretty cool. But, mm. yeah. That's mm-hmm. good.
0: Yeah, I think um I struggle with that a lot, being like when I was in my long-term sub position if any of the students here, they'll probably be like, yes. Mm-hmm. I was just too nice. But I realized that um sometimes you do have to implement things. Like, i had to take away their phones at one point and they hated it they're like whatever we're allowed to listen to music in the hallway like you can't take my phone away but i think it ended up helping them because then they're able to focus on their schoolwork and learn more but it's just the initial like that one lit that <sighs> first step that first step of being
1: assertive oh it's so uncomfortable
0: yeah. but once you once your cost is
1: like oh okay, i'm coming here whatever like yeah. you know it's like whatever yeah and you know
0: it's pretty good it's pretty good yeah. that's
1: what i'll say tough love is always good when it comes from like a good place so mm-hmm. it comes out of love because tough love comes out of love it's okay like it's fine like it's, it's okay and I don't mean like you mean or anything, but you know what I mean <laughs> I don't know you know and also too like being able to like what is your opinion on like those that, like because it's something I'm like learning about in mm-hmm. regards to intermingling it because and I say that in regards to in it with innocence because um like I've we already said it in the previous podcast, but I've been mm-hmm. single for like four years, you know, mm-hmm. and it's being able to learn how to mitigate communicating on two facets of, you know, the individual, the individual that comes in because it has to be a certain way for the individual, the individual. You know? right. Not to say that where I lose myself, but mm-hmm. even on a personal standpoint, in regards to relationships, mm-hmm. you know, what is your way of, you know, communicating, you know, effectively and efficiently so that when you start off. Um, that You know Quote unquote relationship That not, there's not Going to be any surprises Or whatever it may mm-hmm. be You know It's like How do you manage that You know
0: Like I think it just goes back to I think In the first clip We talked about expectations mm-hmm. Right Okay So I think we kind of Talked about it I feel like And I don't I don't think I have any From experience That I've implemented But I think it's What I'm learning now What I wish Like I would have done Is Is like Like I was saying Like expectations Because I feel like I didn't we didn't talk about expectations and i know for me it's hard for me to be physically affectionate and so i remember one time like we went out to go eat and and i think my hand was on the table he just put his hand on on my hand and i just like moved my hand and no i know i think what happened was like waiter came and i moved my hand like i don't know it just felt like weird like i don't know it just felt weird And it's probably not your love language as well. It's not, or maybe something I had to open up to. But, anyways, but I remember, like, I felt bad. Like, I felt bad because I felt like it could have conveyed the message, like, I'm ashamed to be with you. But that wasn't it at all. But I never brought it up, and he never asked about it. So I felt like I was very bad at that. But now I think just being honest, being honest about anything and everything, and just say, like, you know what, this is, like, so this happened. This is how I'm feeling. Um, I don't want you to feel this way this is really why I did it so I don't know I think just communicating and, and having
1: those crucial conversations
0: that yeah. may sometimes
1: become comfortable correct yeah, yeah. and it's, that's tough because I think everybody can be an adult until change happens mm-hmm. and, and whatever endeavor that across relationships and change happens crucial conversations and when an individual has to be, okay, I guess it is, as suppose your conversation, right? Con- confrontation has to happen mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That, that can be tough as well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and that's something I want to say because, like, it's something I wanted to ask because, like I said, I've been out of the relationship thing for a while. <laughs> you know, oh my God, I'm throwing myself out there right now. <laughs> you know, but, because um, I. Being able to communicate things like, you know, with a, with a significant other, maybe even like you're talking, I don't know, mm-hmm. I hate saying that word too, but maybe like you're talking and you're maybe like, okay, even if I am mad, this is the way I want to communicate about it, go about it, you right. know, just so that, okay, these are the blueprints in which you want to follow, so you're not going to make those wrong mistakes. It's weird because it's almost like you're not underlining the, you know, relationship, not, you know, not only on a personal standpoint, maybe later on at developing um, in the confines of a business managerial standpoint mm-hmm. as well, you know, having, having to, your, your employees understand like, hey, I'm your boss. When in here mm-hmm. and i may be a different person out there but mm-hmm. i'm still understand. even when i'm out there number one i am still your boss mm-hmm. you know so i think a lot of individuals um confuse that when they are in a, in a managerial standpoint or um whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I, I think people can't can confuse it because of their inability to understand the roles they play in people's lives um but yeah you know
0: yeah yeah i think it all comes down to like like i mentioned earlier um, talking about expectations and, again, not in a way that you're trying to change someone, but more like you're showing each other how y'all work together, how y'all exactly. can best love each other. Like, an example is, like, I remember, and again, Jeff and Elisa they're talking about just how when they argue, one of them... Like, I think he likes to talk about it, and mm-hmm. she would rather have her space. Yeah. And so... And I, think,
1: I think a lot of people fall into that. And I think... Okay, go for it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, they're either,
0: so then yeah. when you have both of them, it's like, if you try to force the argument, like, yeah. then she's going to want to shut down. She's going to be more mad. And yeah. so what he said he ended up doing is, like, he he tells her, okay, and, and it's based on trust. Like, yeah. So he tells her, like, I'm going to trust that when you're ready, you're going to yeah. come talk to me about it. You're not going to avoid it. Because his fear was like, if we don't talk about it now, we're going to avoid it. And it's not going to work.
1: Which is your, always I, I love saying this, where it's like your ability to address the little things is what directly affect addressing the big things later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that. And I think that's a lot of people fall It's the fear of an individual. Um having the expectation of an individual to communicate about it but because it's such a scary thing to talk about whenever you are at high emotions and all of a sudden those emotions are gone then you want to talk about it it's like oh it's kind of awkward then mm-hmm. no one, they, know, they don't want to then they don't want to have that conversation and then the person that's been receiving it or understands they want to have the conversation as well then all of a sudden there's, there's like a there's two pot negatives and they're bouncing off each yeah, other. You know, it's yeah. like no, it's like no. You have to have a conversation. And it's tough and it's very scary, and it's very vulnerable to have the conversation, but mm-hmm. it's very crucial. It's like I said. And again, it's can't, it's not just relationships. It can be friendships. Yeah. It, can be, it can be like I said. Managerial standpoints We have to manage employees. Like because when you're a manager, when you're a manager at a store or whatever it may be, it's not only managing the financial side of things, but it's making sure that the culture there is okay as well. And that's probably more important than the financial side of things anyway. Because if nobody's happy there happy there or whatever workplaces you are they're all gonna stop working for you Mm -hmm. eventually Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah like I said and also like wanted to go into like stress tolerance as well because Mm -hmm. I have a very high stress tolerance because I live my life in extremes (laughs) like (laughs) like, being able to freaking train I think I think out of all of you guys out of you Mariela and um, uh, Juana and um, Mari Mari? Mm -hmm. like Mari's probably the only one that's seen like a very busy gym, like very, very busy gym. And having seen me run at a thousand miles an hour and have the gym be so organized. Wow. she's seen it like she's seen it and it was like whoa she was like very 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 impressed and i hope she sees it here's this because she's gonna get to this punch she's going be like yeah mm, i was there uh-huh. <laughs> you know i was there and the john John was going crazy no I'm just, I, I was, it was really good and i really liked it so stress, so like stress tolerance as well as it is a sign of you know emotional intelligence mm-hmm. your ability to be able to handle stress in any given situation and being able to not to shoulder your face which mm-hmm. i think a lot of people struggle with um and a lot of people think um as well it's like oh i'm intimidating people aren't talking to me it's like no you're you're stressed out and people see that you're stressed out so they're not going to want to talk mm. to you because you're definitely stressed mm. out you have to hide that from people as well to a certain degree especially in a position where you have to be professional um even in your personal life though like you don't want to be Nobody wants to be around somebody who is unapproachable because the face in which they're wearing. Because you know, it, I don't want. Like if Dose was mad and she was like, you know, angry, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna stay away from Dosey yeah. for a little bit. You know, and <laughs> even if like, like I said, even like if Dose had a significant other and her significant other was angry and like, and like mad and like, I'm gonna let him calm down because mm-hmm. like, I'm not gonna talk to him right now. You know, but like I said, just matter of um, managing um, stress, you know, stress tolerance. Um, mm-hmm. But how do you do that with school?
0: Oh, how did it? Oh, I'm with really,
1: school and personal relations and um being able to go to work. Okay. How the heck do you do that? Oh, and damn. not only that, because well, you're about to go into all, <laughs> you're about to go into all that with working out.
0: That's a little question. So I think well, going back to like the mouse analogy, I feel like I'm sniffed right now as I know change is coming. And I was telling Mighty I think like part of me is like, okay, I know I'm aware of it. Part of me is scared because. I know I'm gonna have to change things. I just know I'm gonna have to change things. Like I'm gonna have to come to the gym less. I'm gonna have to, um, like spend less time. Like in the morning, I have quiet time. Yeah, or quiet time is gonna have to be less time. Less time with friends. Like how do I do that? Um, and I think uh, the last time I felt super stressed was when I was a long term sub because I came in in October. They start in August, and so I didn't know the kids. I had to start teaching them. I didn't know what I was gonna teach them until I walked in, like and then I was like, oh they're learning about water and so and then you have to create lesson plans which I felt like I got a lot of help from from the science coach. She was awesome. And she helped me a lot and and like basically I felt like she didn't just throw me out to go drown. Mm-hmm. She helped me, but it was still very stressful because it's like now there's these kids who had they had a teacher, she had another job, she had to leave. Then the science coach came in for two weeks and then i was their third person so they're just like they had so much change and i was just like oh my gosh like how do i win them over so i was really stressed and i think that time i handled it not the best because i was on survival mode and Mm -hmm. i was like i just need to teach them what they need to know i have to teach to the test make sure they they get everything that's on the curriculum that i'm teaching them and honestly like sometimes i feel like i didn't i wasn't as um intentional Uh with building their relationships like the kids who were like outspoken i was close with them but i feel like sometimes like the more shy kids like i was like oh my gosh i wish i had energy to give you to like be there for you it's, but
1: it's tough it's it tough doing is. that that's why even with the gym i don't do group sessions mm-hmm. because if i do a whole entire group session i'm gonna miss one or two that's yeah. why i feel for high school athlete, high school coaches mm. um because they can try their best but imagine me i can't imagine them even if they did have the knowledge which a lot of times they don't but anyway like is the Trying to coach Every single athlete That's there The correct form of squat mm-hmm. You're gonna miss a few mm-hmm. Like you're just gonna miss a few And I can only imagine With In those position Of having to do all that Oh my like, oh, I, I struggle with weight lift. I struggle with, tr- with like freaking writing workouts out. Imagine Dosan. Heck no. Uh-uh. Boo-boo. I'd be like, mm, no. I know. I'd have been there and say, "What y'all want to learn today, huh?" <laughs> Open up the page sixty-two and read it. All right. We're gonna watch a video tomorrow on the same thing you just read about. If you don't, if you don't want to read it, don't worry about it. We're gonna watch a video tomorrow. <laughs> Everybody yeah. been there. Yeah. No, like, uh. Uh-uh. Like, I, I can only imagine, so I can understand. Like, see, but that's the thing though. That is putting. A lot of individuals, especially when going out of high school or going leaving um, college or whatever it, may, whatever it may be, they think they have to have all these answers questions, mm-hmm. And, like, for me, I've only did, I think, two semesters of college and I've been owning a gym for the past four years. Mm-hmm. I would have no understanding to what that, what you mean or what you're talking about because I wouldn't, like... I if I didn't experience me having, right. a, having a variety of individuals, coaching, whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. So that goes to show, though, that alone right there. I'm training people, and you're teaching people. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same thing to a certain degree, but you're doing it on a much more higher level in regards to being intentional, training kids, like, like I mean, helping kids, which are way more harder than adults. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like life. That See, that that, that that right there, that is life experience and being able to adjust accordingly over time and being able to get used to punching the face with life mm-hmm. and <laughs> Just saying, hey, figure it out, you know? And I'm that's like amazing. That makes that makes me happy because it makes me happy knowing that Everything that Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, he's a YouTube inspirational he's a superstar, mm-hmm. and talks about all this life lesson stuff. And he just says, like, you know, if individuals coming out of high school or college that they don't know what they want to do, and say, like, if you don't know what you want to do, then so be it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. It's you're gonna go go experience and go travel Europe for two years, mm-hmm. and you don't forget you're gonna get just as much freaking college experience as you're doing that in regards to social skills and experience. Doing that than going to college. It's just it's just the fat realness of it. And I can even relate to adults. Like I still didn't after high school, I had yet to realize that mm. high school, like, like, like even like teachers have a life outside oh, yeah. of <laughs> like teaching. I'm like, what the heck? You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's yeah. real. I didn't know that. I had no idea. I'm like, this is what y'all be doing. Like after <laughs> high school, I'm like, dang, I you, you have a life, like, oh dang, you know, but I didn't know that. So i saying. So I said in the previous recording, like I know I have a lot of innocence, and as a lot of innocence comes from like being able to be sheltered from my parents and stuff like that. Sheltered because they, they knew what um, what I wanted to do, and not only that, but they. I grow I grow up from a very traditional family, especially uh, going into seventh grade here. They kinda loosened the their chains up on me a little bit, but like by one freaking chain. I'm like what the <laughs> heck, you know what I can say cursors now? Oh my god. Yeah. You know, the only reason why they loosened up was because my friends were around now going to like Disney World and like Bush Garden, we take a whole bunch of my friends mm-hmm. and they were cursing. So they can't tell me you let no curse, <laughs> I curse too, you know. It's like so I started cursing a little bit, but I I got I got away from that because whatever, whatever maybe get on sidetracked anyway. Yeah. But like I said, it's dope, it's dope that I can relate to that, but it's also cool knowing that you able to adjust accordingly and having to manage your stress levels no matter what Um and being able to understand that even with Dosa now like even with me now like even Monday I'm training like 10-15 new people Monday mm-hmm. and that's a form of it's kind of to a certain degree a form of stress because you know I don't know what they're capable of I don't know you know I don't even know who these people are like I don't have I, when I come when they come in we're gonna go into deep depth conversation uh, and just adjusting accordingly and that's it is a stressful thing at times because you're messing with the unknown and mm-hmm. fear of the unknown is a very real thing it's mm-hmm. probably the number one fear most people deal with mm-hmm. um, but yeah you adjust it accordingly and your amount of adjustment your, your ability to adjust accordingly over time is a direct skill that needs to be worked on over time because I know when after quarantine when I got back um, no 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 not that one after I closed down for like a month and a half almost mm-hmm. a month that goes like a month um when I was building the gym uh-huh. because from the small gym we closed down brought everything back I didn't train nothing I wasn't in my head about training nothing at all and I was so nervous <laughs> coming back and opening the gym to a crazy crazy house of people signing up and doing everything it was yeah. crazy like, that thing, that's the thing I struggled with dang we're running out of time already um, no. but yeah that came quick <laughs> right, oh my gosh didn't. that came quick and this is having a whole thing this another one uh, by the way funny story you guys we already recorded the entire one but then it unhe- <laughs> okay, so we had to restart it all it was like it 40 day. minutes it was like 40 minutes and we lost it all so we started and then even again, God was like, you know what? This ain't good. This ain't. It was good, by the way. <laughs> you do better. We could do better, you know? And then look, it's even better, you know? Yeah. But anyway, so it's pretty good. We, I, we can get going on, to be honest with you. I know. But, um, but like I said, it's just nice. It's knowing that it, it's reassurance to individuals coming out of high school, specifically college, um, say, hey, don't stress out about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm related to Dosa and something that... I had zero connection with coming out of high school with him. Even two, three years out of high school. I, I think just last year I learned that, hey, people have lives outside of this and that's how a lot of people view me. They see me outside in the real world. They're like, oh, my God, John's driving. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, John's at Winn-Dixie. Oh, my God, John's outside the gym. What are you doing here? What yeah. the heck? You know, it's like So people view me in that culture and teaching world because I don't do much. I'm very private. I like doing – I don't like being out and doing crazy mm-hmm. things. I, I I like being home. I like being to myself, especially because I live my life on extremes, and I'm around so many individuals. And I know I I have enough self-awareness. self have self-awareness. self-awareness, self-awareness self-identialization and emotional incentives to understand that i am a true introvert at heart but because mm-hmm. of my work it puts me in a position mm-hmm. where i have to be extroverted mm-hmm. and it drains me to do that and it, and it puts me in a position where like when i'm when the weekends come like you're chilling i'm chilling bro <laughs> like i'm straight chill i'm i'm be, i'm in my room by myself watching spongebob like like i'm straight to watch spongebob or i'm on the computer and i'm away from the gym for a little bit and mind you i'm in this i'm in my gym seven days a week. I come in every single day. I'm doing something in the gym. There's something to be done every single day. There's no breaks. Um, and it's either I'm at home doing that and working on my computer with online programming and getting everything ready and launched because I'm working on my app, I'm working on the online programming, I'm working on you know launching everything via the apparel. It's mm-hmm. all getting worked on at the same exact time. Wow. Um, it's it's fun to do that? Heck yeah, that's what I want to do. Um, but it's work and mm-hmm. sometimes it has to be done very late hours during the week when I was up at 5.45 in the morning, and it is 12 o'clock at night, and I got to stay up for another two hours of working on something mm-hmm. that needs to be worked on because I understand over a three-month course, it's going to be tough. And that's handling stress, you guys. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people confuse handling stress with, oh, I'm just going to quit. Yeah. Because they confuse passion with entertainment. I think yeah. I said that in the previous co- recording. Just mm-hmm. because you're passionate about something doesn't mean you're always going to be entertained about it. And you mm-hmm. have to be able to push through. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people find that try to find that little unicorn slash nice area gray area in between. You know, doing what you want to do. It's not going to come to a. It's not this kumbaya thing that mm-hmm. you're going to want to do. I mean, even like you, say Like, I'm pretty sure you want to do medicine. and You want to go to college. and want that stuff. That stuff makes you happy, mm-hmm. even though in the midst of it, it may be tough, right? But you yeah. know, dang that's there's nothing else you really want to do. Mm-hmm. But it's tough. It's hard. Sometimes you want to break down. And you don't want to give up. I broke down, I think, two, three times. And not because of failure either. Because of too much success that I was having. Uh, You know? Like, honestly. And it's real. Overwhelming. It's very overwhelming. Even if... I remember, like, last year, right? Mm -hmm. Last year when I was um, running the gym. um, It was around March. And I realized that I peaked. Like john this is as much as you're gonna get out of this little gym mm-hmm. and mind you i had a gym before the big gym you guys In like january i opened up to interviewers that don't know i opened up a 2500 foot square gym um compared to like a 500 square gym mm-hmm. five foot square gym um right behind my house and um i remember last year in march when i was at the smaller gym i was like dang this is as best as gonna get Like, this is... And it was very stressful. And Mm -hmm. I was training so many people. Like, so many people. (laughs) And it's like, dang, John, what the heck you got to complain about? Like, what the heck? I'm like, nah, bro. Like, so I was stressing about success. Like, Mm -hmm. how do I manage the successes? Mm -hmm. I was afraid... Even opening up this year in January for the bigger gym, I was afraid of success. How do I manage this success? Like, dang, am I going to fail? Like, because I was... I've always, like, to a certain degree, like... Not even a certain degree. I've always lost. I've always, like, did something... In football, I lost, like, 27 games in a row at one point. Oh, like, oh. bro, come on, you know? Like, yeah. I'm, it's like, okay, am I going to lose this? All right, let's manage our emotions after this. So, like, there's yeah. a lot of lessons, like, in loss and failure, you know? And so, I got to a point to where I was used to it. So, how do I mitigate? But well, uh-huh. when nothing was failing, uh-huh. oh, how the hell? okay, like, I don't want this to stop failing, but when am I let, when, am I lo- when is my loss going to come? Oh, and like, I, you
0: know it's coming. Yeah, I know it's coming, it and it hasn't should... come yet. Oh. My
1: loss this year, the closest my loss has gotten to was COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Covid nineteen slapped me in the face. I was like, All right, boy, you gonna sit down, you know? But I needed it. Covid nineteen was a very blessing to me because I needed that break, you know, because because mm-hmm. it was a lot of stress that I was managing, and it was something to take a step back and manage and, and change stuff up that was necessary for the gym itself. And like I said, it was just it was an adjustment, and it was uh, a blessing in disguise to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was a uh, stress. Tolerance. That's good.
0: I think um, also if you if you do do things. From, like, good intention, like Mm -hmm. you said. Things, like, end up working out. Because I remember I had to prepare them for a test. And I try to get... I think experience, too, just helps, like, with your experience. Mm Because coming from, like, Immokalee High School, they really don't teach us, at least they didn't teach me, how to study. They just give you the information. You just kind of have to figure out studying on your own. So I had to tell them, like, like guys, like, I want you guys to actually understand it. Don't just memorize it. And so how I got them to... Yeah, how I, got, how I got them, how I wanted them to review exams. I was like, I want you guys to review exams and look at the ones you got wrong, and figure out why you got them wrong. And then I walked them through the whole process, and I was like, this. And I showed them my MCAT score, my original score, and then my retake score. And I was like, oh, and the first time I showed them a fake second score that like, I promised this is what I got, but my picture wasn't loading. But I'll get you on my picture of my actual score. And then later I did. I was like, this was my difference, and they're like well like how'd you get like that difference and i told him i had to write down all the questions i got wrong because that's another thing yeah it, it's you facing your weakest areas like uh-huh. mostly the times where i missed questions i was like i don't wanna go back to that topic i know i suck at no oh, no that's a matter of
1: self-awareness your ability to be able to adjust the things that you suck at and adjust accordingly mm-hmm. and address them yeah seeing what you, you're good at oh my god we're about to run out <laughs> of the time you guys oh my gosh Oh, we'll be like a part
0: three, I don't know. Yeah, we'll probably start a part three. Because I want to finish the idea. Yeah, and
1: it was like really good. But anyway, see
0: you a little bit.